Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Friday, Alyssa. Happy Friday, Taylor. Um, let's talk about how you hid that Courtney Kardashian was in a scene with you. <laughs> when we've been talking about the Kardashians every week, and you're very professional, but also very sneaky. Am I in trouble? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm proud of you because I'm so bad with those kinds of secrets. You know, as also as we've seen on this podcast, I'm always like, this person is uh, like Brad Pitt's hooking up with Alia Shawcott or like whatever it is, according to my sources. And then I'm going to get us both sued. So great job. Like hanging on to that NDA. Thank you, know? you. Yeah, I know when to shut the fuck up, I guess. It's it's cute. I also got a really funny text from my sister-in-law that was like, bitch, I am screaming you that court. <laughs> Be Kardashian. I wish I had something like really interesting and like uh like some sort of cool thing to say, but unfortunately like she was gorgeous, she was short, she was so sweet and smelled so nice, you guys. Like she smelled so so nice. I shook her hand. I uh was Obviously, the character Valley is just supposed to freak out from seeing her. Mm-hmm. So when uh, our showrunner asked if I wanted to be introduced to her before we shot, I was like, can I actually ask to have, like, the first time I speak to her be on camera? I think we're going to get, like, a really good, like, overwhelmed reaction from me if, if that's, like, the first time I'm, like, breathing. You're like, I just want to be really her. method with this moment. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I will fully be method with this. And, like, can I just see her and freak out? And th- we did. We did one take. I burst into, like, actual crocodile tears. And, wow. and everyone laughed but then the director came over and was like that was great it was a bit much so let's do it again <laughs> and tone it down a bit and I was like okay for sure and like the makeup team's like touching me up and I'm like pulling myself together and in that time she came over and was like hi I'm Courtney and I was like I'm Taylor oh my god it was just such a trip to see her in just human real life form because I've seen so much of her on TV and in pictures but what I will say that was interesting that I took away from it was she uh, was very lovely and easy to work with, but had every reason to be because she had a team of people. She had four or five people there, including Stephanie, her friend, who was in the scene with Dave, uh, her very famous makeup artist, and like I think two other people. And they were all very kind and got along and were easy to work with. But they had a very clear goal of making sure that she looked absolutely flawless on camera. They were at Video Village anytime she was on camera. If there was even the slightest, like, shadow hitting her cheekbone wrong or mm. her, like, uh, the way the f- she did that scene in front of the fire, if the flames were lighting her in a weird way, they would, like, very calmly ask to hold and, like, go and, like, whisper in Courtney's ear and Courtney would readjust and then we would start over. And it was very self-sufficient. Like, there was, I, I, I guess I have, like, like visions of people coming on set and being very demanding and high maintenance and people's job being to like make them uh, comfortable. And nobody on our team needed to do that for her. Like she showed up and was very, very self-sufficient with her team. So it's like when you've got a well-oiled machine like that and your, your whole goal is to look good on camera, like that, they, ugh, it was 
I love that. And I really appreciate that because so many times, especially, you know, when you're shooting, it's like a a lot of elements are out of your control. You never want somebody to look back at the dailies or whatever and be like, oh, she looks bad and she has a problem with it and she changed her mind and we did all this work for nothing. And so Mm -hmm. from that perspective, I think it's like, it's great that she knows like, okay, I'm going to be sitting in the dark in front of a fire. And if I look like I'm telling like a Halloween story, like I'm not going to want this footage. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So that's great. Like that's like her being a very professional businesswoman. And again, like controlling, you know, her image and all of that. So it's, it's smart and it was efficient. It like got us it. She was in and out of there, which is like always the show's goal at any show's goal any show's goal when working with celebrities is like oh we're you have to cater to their time we will shoot all of their coverage and then they'll leave and we'll work with the stand-in and we'll get taylor's coverage or dave's <laughs> coverage like i mo- i acted most of that scene with a body double like we did her take four times and then she left wow um, um how long do you think she was on set like total actually she was on set for probably two hours because they shot the scene with her and steph and dave and right, they shot right, right. only only her coverage and then they moved on to that quick little aside with me and then we went back and reshot the scene with dave and got some of his coverage um with him talking to somebody else but it was incredibly efficient. And at this point in shooting, we were towards the end of our schedule. And I and like we as a team had gotten better. I shouldn't even say we. I didn't do any of the hard work. But our crew <laughs> had gotten really efficient. And um, it was in the middle of the night. So I commend her for that. That night party we shot from like 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. And so that sucks. Wow. But she was great. And uh, it was fun watching Dave really make her laugh. They like know each other. And it was sweet to just see them like really have great chemistry, which was fun. And it was also a trip having, I was like one of the only people on set really freaking out. I was like, you guys, a Kardashian (laughs) is going to be here. And like, I'm saying this next to like Taco, who's like best friends with Kendall. Like nobody ever. And like, I think even if people do care, they want to seem cool. And luckily I'm never concerned about that. So I was like, (laughs) I was like having asthma attacks as she was approaching, but it was really cool. And I'm happy. It was like as boring as it is. I'm happy. It was obviously a positive experience. So I don't have to lie and be like, yeah, it was great if she was a bitch, but she wasn't. And I was happy. She wanted to shoot our show since this whole season and last season of keeping up with the Kardashians was all about Courtney, not wanting to shoot that show right and we've sort of been talking about how she you know she gets painted at you know it's more of like a collaboration between like what her family wants for the show and not necessarily just what she wants for herself and so this seems very one-to-one she's friends with Dave it's like you know she's gonna Mm -hmm. be treated and and lit and everything the exact way that she wants and so good for her like making that choice for herself you know she doesn't have to put herself through all this uh torturous uh scratching fighting with her sister clawing at Um, each other i have two things to say about this one so we uh previously talked about how I got into an argument with my boyfriend Mike about uh, the Kardashians being the biggest brand in the world and I feel like Dave proved my point by saying that they were the most famous family in the world and when that happened I paused it and I looked at Mike and I was like get out of (laughs) here I was like get never come back to this apartment (laughs) yes I love it um so that I love being right that's my favorite thing and Mm -hmm. then um 
the other thing I was going to say is like the only time I've ever been on a set where somebody where it was a similar like cameo situation, like somebody's coming in to play themselves and we're very lucky to get them and we have to get them out like so quickly was when Kobe Bryant was in Jalen versus everybody, which is a pilot that I worked on. And he had a tag at the end of the um, pilot where he came in and like sort of trolled Jalen by ordering 81 olives and a martini um, because he scored 81 points on Jalen. And it was like such a big deal. We didn't really know until that day, like, is Kobe going to have something more important come up, whatever. I was standing five feet away from him and like nobody was allowed to talk to him or like ask for pictures or anything. And just like you, I felt like everyone was trying to be so cool. And I I think I just was staring at him with my mouth (laughs) open the entire time going... I'm standing near Kobe Bryant (laughs) like over and over again and he did like three takes and he was on set for like 15 minutes and then he got in and out and it was awesome and I was like wow he's such a professional I would have died (laughs) yeah so um I wasn't on camera crying but I was like internally trying to hold it together so I didn't get kicked off the set I it's like I think it's such an important thing to like to be a part of that uh truth telling that we hide in LA of like let's let's freak out afterwards yeah. that this person was here they're a big fucking deal and I think like it's you just got to be like oh my god like I'm not gonna have you shame me for thinking that seeing a celebrity is is cool because it is it is it it's very is. cool and it's very special less when someone who like because you know we working on shows you work with all different actors and you're gonna be more starstruck for different reasons from different people and when it's someone that's really like in your wheelhouse it's just like so exciting yeah. it really reminds you why we decided to get into this fucking hell business in the first place mm-hmm. <laughs> just mm-hmm. kidding we're very grateful for everything we have and it's great and I'm Everyone should chase their dreams. Okay. Um, let's talk about the keeping up with the Kardashians this week. I sort of was watching this, looking at their whole their lives as a whole, looking at Chloe thinking about freezing her eggs for the future, dropping her daughter off in Cleveland, Kylie, like whether or not she's with Travis Scott, their child, everything. And I realized like I think the Kardashian women have created a post-male society for themselves where traditionally yes. speaking, like, you know, at, because of the events of history, like most women who have mass wealth have a male counterpart that they're dependent on, whether that's a dad, whether that's their husband, whatever it is, just because like, you know, largely men can, there's no glass ceiling for them and they can uh, often get paid more for the same exact job, which is something I've talked about on this podcast before, but um, not the case with the Kardashians. No, all their power is now so independent within them and their identity and and their fierce women. They can pop out a baby and just like not even worry if they're going to be able to afford it and their family will help them raise it. And there will be such a huge clan of people surrounding the baby so they don't have to worry. Like I want to have the like sense of uh, community by having a big family. It's already been built in for them. Like they also, you know, when they go out to date people, it's like they can basically order a man up like exactly through like a publicist or something for the exact specs that they would want in their life I mean like I'm not saying that's how they're doing it I'm just saying like it's very possible for them to make all of these very um curated decisions about how they want their life to go and then even like Rob Kardashian we talked about this a little bit he's sort of like dependent on all his sisters at this point yeah yeah you know? uh, yeah I was just about to say that they're in such a manless world that now Rob isn't even featured in it it mm-hmm. is 
it is a trip. And that's, I mean, it's such a good point. And we saw with the, not this week's episode, but last week's episode, like Chris trying to get Chloe to date and Chloe being like, I'm really not interested. And it has that air of, of course, her experience sucks because her baby daddy and ex-boyfriend cheated on her in a really public, horrible, heartbreaking way. Yeah. But aside from just that, she's got and says she has a very full life where like that that whole relationship aspect of it is like not even something that needs to be fulfilled. She has power, she has money, she has autonomy, she has a gorgeous daughter, she has that family, it's raising it with her like you said. There's there's no need for a male partner in her life because she's so incredibly powerful and self-sufficient and I love it. I just feel like there I watched <laughs> this uh I watched uh this Quibi show Fierce Queens and uh I learned that uh female hyenas run the pack because they have um pretend penises that they can retract, which is so insane to me. And that's how I feel about the Kardashians. Oh <laughs> they're my <just> god. <laughs> they're just like, you know, they uh they're like running the they're running the show. Everyone's dependent on them. They don't need there's no husband, there's nothing. Like even the men that have like gone through the tribe have like not lasted or gone as far as they have gone you know what i mean oh yeah yeah (laughs) and Corey is chris jenner's like little sex side piece Corey is her slam piece which is fierce kanye is like usually bankrupt and (laughs) and rob is not in the picture and that's such a good way to look at it too like they they themselves are a bunch of fierce hyena queens yes (laughs) um let's talk about real housewives of beverly hills premiere Yes, yes, yes. Um, so happy it's back. We got Fucking this. love Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And it looks like it's 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 apologizing for all of its flaws of last season. Yes, we have real drama, not like fake, like let's finally take Lisa Vanderpump down for something that nobody cares about drama. Mm-hmm. Um, we have this new <laughs> woman, Sutton, who scares me a little. <laughs> I'm interested to see if it continues to be a fun scary or if it uh, becomes a problematic scary because <laughs> she feels like her values are starting to border on like white supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but- we know very little about her, but I, I've just got to feeling she's a couple of ists yes a couple of she's probably ists. a couple of ists definitely certainly an elite ist so far maybe yes. i'm betting if i had to put my money on something i would bet racist but uh <laughs> that's probably unfair to say because we haven't seen her act like that she just seems very like uh just her thought her thoughts haven't evolved with the times that's what i'm yes. feeling from her and i i her introduction was Lisa Rinna being like, honey, this woman wears couture. And I was like, who wears couture? Like, it's like, who wears the crazy highest of fashion things that we see in things like Fashion Week and then judges Erica Jane for wearing a short dress and fishnets in New York? Like, yeah. Get out of here. I don't, first of all, don't come for Erica Jane. She has don't. one of the most public glam squads. We've seen her closet, we've seen her outfit book, we've seen Mikey, like, put together and into he is like a creative director when it comes for Eric, when it comes to Erica Jane's outfits. So like you're picking the wrong target. You can go for Teddy. You can maybe oh, go yes. for Denise. Like that's totally fine with me. But I'm just and then this whole idea I don't understand why Rena's saying like none of these women buy couture except for Sutton. I'm like uh Kyle Richards, first of all, is a Hilton. She's in the Hilton family. Yeah. And second of all, she had a Rolex 
Postmates to her dinner with her friends in a foreign country. Like, she definitely wears couture. I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. And, like, I'm, if I'm Dorit, I'm offended. Miss, like, high fashion queen, runway ready Dorit. Yeah. Like, and she what, has, like, Hermes just... plates at home. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know, know what Sutton is coming for. But I am also so biased because she, you know, she read Erica Jane and I was like, how dare you? And then she read Teddy and I was like, yes, bitch, more. Like she was like, <laughs> Teddy is in a black romper. And I was like, yes, go for Teddy. Uh, I also think like she something isn't adding up because I tried to Google all this wealth that she had. And especially because Lisa Renna was like, I think the husband owns a couple teams. I'm not sure. And I was trying to find, you know, that's easy information to find. There's nothing, there's nothing online. And it reminded me of like, remember that woman a while ago who had that, those like $25,000 sunglasses, Dana on Beverly Hills. And she had that like very sparkly, like lollipop accessory. I don't know. And now she's in prison for fraud because she didn't actually have that money. I'm like, I wonder Mm -hmm. if Sutton really has all this money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're talking, I mean, these shows are great for, I talk about how like a big appeal for me is the opulence and is the outfits and the jewelry. Um, My grandmother made me watch Real Housewives because she was like, you've just got to see these outfits. (laughs) She was like, you've just got to watch. But we're watching, I think, different ways that women these women are are spending their money and showing their money and i mean there was that fight about it in this past season of real housewives of new jersey about whether or not someone has a flashy lifestyle or they're stacking their money like i i think that sutton is very much a dana shower offer kind of person yeah oh i go to the dolce and cabana house i get custom pieces it's like all of these all of these women are rich people like come on yeah um Um, i really loved that erica jane is like owning her roots and took us to what essentially looked like the sopranos strip club that she used to work it looked shot for shot was a recreate of the bada bing yes It, it was that um did you read her book Erica's? No, I haven't read it. I read her book. Tony made fun of me relentlessly for it (laughs) because I kept calling her classy and the cover is just like her in lingerie. Um, And it was just a great little memoir and it talks about her really wild life and her, you know, kind of climbing up the ladder as a performer and a person and I fucking love that she brought the girls back and I think she had the perfect amount like her nostalgia and her looking back on it was and how far she's come and how much she's built for herself i think that's so great and she was like you know what honey uh when i was 18 i was shaking my butt and singing and you know i last night like doing the same thing with my erica jane act uh and i I just at the barclays center yeah (laughs) like i fucking was go-go dancing 30 years ago and like guess what i did it last night like i like i i love it i think she's great i think she's so genuinely talented and and she's been so accused of being cold and closed off that this was a, a smart move for her yeah and a fun side of her yeah and i also nice was like see... i'm oh, very excited for renna this season i think she's doing excellent but renna being like i just can't imagine amelia like doing this when she's 18 and when or like you know getting up there and like dancing naked and i was like have you looked at your daughter's instagrams like they're yeah. always naked in the pool which is yeah. fine and also by the way you're naked on instagram you're naked all, all the, the time. time yeah she so, did make that point she was like i guess i do this on my instagram <laughs> and it shows her dancing in her underwear and it's like yeah it's like the only difference is you are you have the freedom to be able to choose whether or not you do yeah. this and how you publicize it erica had to pay her bills also it's a she was go-go dancing and she did a great and she like it was an honest living like i'm sorry i i love it. And also, we don't like, hear a lot about like 
them working their way up in a right. certain industry. So it's very cool to see her background. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about Erica, where she's like, oh, I can't really judge because I was like a young waitress who uh, landed an old rich man that I love, you know? <laughs> so yeah. it's like, great. Good and in you. her book, she talks about the, the, the like years of when they first got married, that she spent a decade being like the first lady of yes. his law firm. And she was like, I was, I was like very much a professional wife. I did all of the right things. I was planning all of the parties. I was helping him with the networking. I was helping him with his career. And now these, like we entered a new decade where now he's like helping me with my career. And it's like, they're a fucking team. It's a very, I, I love them. I love the Girardis. But most importantly, I'm excited to see how Garcelle shines. She wasn't in this episode very much, so I'm hoping should they give her more story. Um, Mm -hmm. But most importantly, uh, Denise Richards. (laughs) (laughs) And most importantly, uh, Denise Richards. I literally, Uh, like, paused it, and I, like, called Mike in, and I was like, you have to watch. (laughs) The editors, oh, honey, (laughs) they deserve a bonus. This, like, whole season preview is so fucking juicy. I am dying for it do you think that it is going to be as good and dramatic as promised I think it has to be because there's been so many reports along the way of like Brandy Glanville accuses Denise of this Denise walks out whatever like if it Mm -hmm. wasn't if it wasn't as bad as it seems she would have kept filming you know it's Denise like she invited a prostitute in for Thanksgiving like Mm -hmm. there it has Mm -hmm. to be it has to make her look she horrible. She does seem pretty unflappable. So to see her so frazzled is shocking. And I'm excited to see. I do. I get a sense that there is the drama is rooted in this affair with Brandy. But then is uh, there's gas thrown on the fire by the way that the cast is talking about I'm it. I'm just like so interested to see what happens because I could totally see her. So the accusation is that she basically told Brandy that she's in an open relationship with her husband as far as women are concerned. And I think she expected Brandy like not to tell anybody. Mm. Um, I think that that was extremely dumb because if you know anything about Brandy Glanville, you know she's going to tell people. Um, yeah. But... I it's interesting to me that Denise can't just turn to her husband and be like, I'm really sorry. Like I, you know, was experimenting with her and I'm, I, I was attracted to her and uh, like, I didn't mean to break your trust and like, just have it go forward from there because they mm-hmm. both seem very, you know, I mean, last season she was joking around about him getting like happy endings and stuff. So right. I just, it has to be, I mean, it must be like deeply, steeped in lies and like extremely hurtful things because it can't just be like oh we hooked up a couple no there has you're right there has to be some sort of detail about where or when it happened that would be particularly embarrassing for her husband yeah and i bet that embarrassment is amplified by the way that the ladies of the cast are going to talk about it and that's because because fortunately for us we see three different locations of three different big blowout fights in this preview i noticed and this, so this is going to unravel. It's not just going to be like a Lucy Juicy Apple bullshit where Lisa Vanderpump just gets caught and stops filming. Like yeah. It seems like there's a handful of scenes where this really blows up. And I'm very happy that they're showing us that Denise Richards comes back unlike Lisa Vanderpump, because then it's like, okay, I'm going to stick with it. Like, this is going to be a good show. (laughs) And talk about, like, a big turnaround from last season being Denise's first season 
and her sitting around the table just like with a furrowed brow and her mouth a little open trying to catch up being like i'm sorry who's the dog what's happening here i'm i'm sorry in her like old navy shorts yeah she's like never she's such a tomboy i love it and she's like i'm just sorry i'm just like i don't know what's going on and it's like oh now this season you know what's going on honey you are fucking on bravo that's such a great part of the preview and she's like bravo 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 i'm fucking done yeah yes yeah, I'm very I also, excited. I want to have a quick shout out of something that made me chuckle. Um, let's be honest. We're all probably consuming a little bit more alcohol than usual during quarantine. Um, maybe not all of us, but. I am. Most of us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she's silent. So but, I was uh, like, I'm not an alcoholic. I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> Conan O'Brien tweeted, uh, we're all going to agree that at least temporarily the definition of alcoholic has to change. Like, yeah. <laughs> just simply has to. But it reminded me that this past weekend, uh, Tony and I were FaceTiming with his family and they were drinking these really delicious Casamigos margaritas that were Casamigos tequila and the... Uh, Casamigos like bottled margarita mixers they have different flavors and there's like a classic and like a berry one they're all really delicious and they were recommending them to us they're like you guys should order these they're great and I go to or I was like great I'm gonna do it so I go to order some Casamigos and Tony's dad Anthony goes and if you're going to drink tequila alone on the rocks or just by itself you should drink Casamigos <laughs> Reposado and then I'm like all right whatever you say and I order it and then I'm watching this episode and the premiere has like four different scenes of Denise Richards and Garcelle the new housewife specifically ordering Casamigos Reposado neat or by itself. And like then at the very end when she gets served a Casamigos Blanco, Denise is like, I said Reposado. I know. She like barely was kind to that waiter, which makes me wonder oh, about her. Oh, she was her. so, so sad. Yeah, she was in a bad, bad mood. But like, I was like, wow, is Anthony Ascenda my new favorite housewife? I Yeah. <laughs> First of all, definitely yes. Second of all, um, I also can only drink Reposado because other types of tequila turn my face red. So maybe we can call Tony's dad and ask why that is because wow. he seems to know so much about it. Alyssa, what a cute trait. <laughs> um, like, I just, if I have too much, I blush. And I'm like, if I have too much, I black out and, and, <laughs> and call myself Daisy Buchanan. Oh, I also black out, but you can tell that I'm drunk way earlier because my face is like a full-blown, like some sort of autoimmune rash. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, it's a it must be like processed differently or something. I know it's supposed to have like a richer flavor, but all tequila sort of just takes like gasoline to me and I'm ready to drink it. So, (laughs) um, Yeah, that's very funny. Also, where does Tony's dad live that he knows so much about tequila? I know. What a pro. Yeah. But he was just like walking us. And and they are in Pennsylvania where they have to get their liquor from out of state because it's non-essential right now because the state. Yeah, I was wondering. Wondering about that. That is so foreign to me because nothing like that ever has existed in California. And some no. of Mike's friends that we were FaceTiming with, they were like, oh, yeah, our state like closed all the liquor stores and it's illegal to go across the border to get alcohol. And I'm like, wow, that's real oh, tough. that would be a nightmare because I would not be able to get. And I'm this. assuming weed is not legal there either, which is just no. Like, well, and they had a very cute uh, one of their neighbors uh, went out of state and just bought tons of liquor and then came back to their neighborhood and dropped it off on people's lawns. They like <laughs> because it was just a little emergency rescue mission and it's it's great. And I uh, 
I did end up ordering the Casamigos mixer. So once it gets here, I'll tell Ooh. you uh, what it's like. Amazing. Oh, I wanted to ask you, I uh, am so overjoyed <laughs> that you texted me this week and said, all right, I I'm will committing. watch 90 Day Fiance, which you've just started. And what are your first like impressions? Okay, so I watched the first two episodes. It's taking a while because there are commercials so Boo. that I can't fast forward through. But I will. I'm committing to being mostly almost fully caught up by next week so we can like really talk about this season um so far i'm like this person's gonna get murdered in a foreign country right like that's what we're watching <laughs> like this is a show about people's families who say don't do that you might get murdered and then they go and then they get drugged and sold into slavery or chopped up in a suitcase or whatever like that's the tension that i'm getting from this there's no it yep. doesn't seem to be like a lot of like sexy love story. No, it's but. incredibly dangerous. It's incredibly dangerous. Like it's it and seeing people I, I wanna know so much more about the crew that shoots this. I know. And like do they ever shoot a couple where something like that actually does happen and they're like, Oh shit, we can't air this or whatever. Well, I mean the only did. thing protecting them is the crew being there. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And often that makes them more of a target because the crew has expensive equipment right. and they'll get robbed. And there was we talked about this briefly on our ninety day episode with Jordan Van Dyna. Uh, there was a season where um, the machete in the woods. Yes, yeah, yeah, where Karini was like attacked from a guy straight up in a machete, and you and you see the the camera crew like drop the cameras and fucking run. Like it is so dangerous. They must have gotten <laughs> such a fucking salary bump after being attacked. Okay, what's but wrong I'm with Ed? Doesn't happen more. What's wrong with this? Is mean, but whatever. Does Ed not have a neck because he's? something's wrong or because he's overweight okay i think he doesn't have an okay good question hard hitting this is journalism i think he does not have a neck i think i actually sent uh i i found a photo of him i could post it on the ig because it's crazy a picture of him younger where he's like a handsome guy no neck He's okay. just a man okay. without a neck. And I was so happy he, when he said in his uh, in the first episode, he goes, I have a beautiful daughter. I was like, fingers crossed she has a neck. Fingers crossed she has a <laughs> neck. And they show that picture, and she's a beautiful girl with a beautiful neck. Okay, so great. She's got a neck. It's great. He straight up doesn't. He also, as I'm sure you saw in that first episode, lied to Rose and said he was like 5'2", and he's oh. actually like 4'11". Like, and I was like, honey, don't even like... If the lie is going to be five two, then just don't lie. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 not. He's so so short. But can you see how this is? And we talked about this in the episode, so I'll try not to repeat myself too much. But it's it's, it's fun to see you meet a guy like that and you feel so bad for him and you're like oh, I, I feel so bad that he feels like he can't find love in the states and he has to like find this woman online, and then he ends up going to visit her and you end up be, like he ends up kind of being an asshole in a lot of ways and you're like oh this guy sucks the fucking rose in the philippines is a sweetheart and she's just doing her best like the way i flip flop between who i'm feeling more empathetic for or who i'm rooting for is i, I get whiplash from it watching this show. okay so the one so i have to again like watch all the way through and i promise i will but the one thing that confused me so lisa and usman right mm -hmm. I was I sort of watched some of this week's like in case you wanted to talk about it and I was like wait they're actually in love <laughs> like 
So what's going on? I I I, I, I want to talk about this because this is this has been made also super public because Chrissy Teigen, who has always loved Ninety Day Fiance, is like going hard for Lisa and Usman and like changed her Twitter handle to Assistant to Baby Girl Lisa, and Lisa <laughs> responded with a video that was like, Chrissy Teigen, you're fired. You're not a good assistant. Wow. And I was like running around the apartment screaming because I love how mainstream this like crazy weird probably low budget show is like going, but. Uh, Lisa and Usman are fascinating because there was a very similar couple a couple seasons ago who are still on different iterations of the show named Angela and Michael. And Michael is also from Nigeria. And Angela and Michael have been dating for years and years and years. She's been applying for the visa, visa to get him over to the United States. Chrissy Teigen literally offered to pay for it. <laughs> what the fuck? And, uh, <laughs> and it's just like not been working and not been working. And throughout all of these years, they really seem to have a connection because they are not giving up. The family of Michael in Nigeria totally support him marrying her. And it's a very similar situation that it is with Lisa and uh, Usman where there's like a 25, 30 year age difference. Uh, it's like an older woman from the United States. and But Michael's family is very supportive. They even threw them a Nigerian wedding. And now this week, I was shocked when Usman brought Lisa back to his mom. Yeah. And his mom took one look at Lisa and rolled her eyes on camera and then rejected the whole thing, left early. U Usman's whole family left. This was unheard of in the world of 90 Day Fiance because by the time they get to the show, usually the family of the foreign person who is trying to come to the United States is very supportive of the scam, which is what it usually is, right? Like, and they they just like want their kid to get to the United States, however, which way. And they're right. like, they seem to be very into the cameras. They seem to turn it on for the cameras. And Usman's family was like, fuck this. This is an old lady. Yes. She, and like, that's never happened before. So I, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, I don't know how they're going to deal with this. Like they, they've never had that be an, uh, the only obstacle on this show ever is the government of either country being like, this is a joke. And I, to have a family member on the other side say, this is a joke. <laughs> Fuck no. I was shocked. I have so much respect for Lisa because the whole, everything that I've seen so far has just been these like younger Nigerian people looking at her and being like, oh, barf. I know yes. this is <laughs> like, <laughs> and she's just like, I don't know what else we can do. We gave his mother a goat. I've yeah. dressed in all traditional like Nigerian like coverings. And like yeah. now we're going to pitch our case to Usman's brother at this rundown picnic table while we eat off paper plates. And like Usman's brother's just sitting there like, so you're telling me you <laughs> love this thing across the table from me. This is yeah. love. <laughs> it's it's like crazy. And and Usman is like fighting for it. And it it is, you know, I think that if you're this person who and you, did you hear that they call them Yahoo boys? Yeah, what is that? A Yahoo boy is a scammer from Nigeria. Oh, I, see. I think like the etymology of it is from like the Yahoo search engine, I have to imagine. But uh he, if you've invested years into having a relationship with someone online, I could see being like uh, this is I all my eggs are in this basket. I got to marry. I can't start over again. And Lisa and Usman are not the longest relationship ever. It has been almost a year up until her, her visit to the country. But I, I, you just normally see everybody on on the if they are a Yahoo boy on the Yahoo boys side. And it's I love this like pushback that Usman is getting. And it seems like because maybe he has 
some success in Nigeria. I, that was also a shock to me. I was like, this is a lie. And then we go, I was like, wow, he's kind of famous. I guess. Tony and I play that song often. It's the, I'll crazy. Go there for you. I'll be there for you, girl. We oh love my it. God. But yeah, I'm just, I'm very excited to see where this goes. I'm sure somehow it will work out for them. But I'm excited that you're watching a show, a, a season where like there's some kind of new and unheard of things. Yeah. Because I just, and I just love baby girl Lisa. And you know that that's, that's the woman that I told you about a few yes, weeks ago. Yes, she was, was like, like, I'm going to fucking get no there, condom. No condom. <laughs> I almost got a magnet for our fridge that said that. And Tony was like, you can draw a line somewhere, oh right? My and I was God. like, okay, yeah, I guess it's here. Yeah. Someone told me to draw a line at a Pratt Daddy Crystals sweatshirt. And I have regretted it every fucking day, Spencer Pratt. I just want to let you know. Oh, oh speaking of, I've been thinking, should I get us Lisa Rinna cardigans? Ooh. <laughs> I feel Here's- like my skin will break out in a rash like Ed, but <laughs> um, I would wear it. Yeah, I Here's would definitely a- wear it. We should the- call into QVC and get it. <laughs> Honestly, I'm at that point in my in my quarantine that I'm about to do it. And what brought it to my attention was um, it was on this season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Is it a phenomenal season? Season 12. Everyone is really talented. And uh, every season has a episode called Snatch Game, where the queens are challenged to do celebrity impersonations. And uh, one of the queens did a Lisa Rinna wow. impersonation and fucking nailed it. And part of it was him walking around in the cardigan and like trying to sell it on QVC. And it was just so great. And in my, I mean, just boredom, I was like, should Alyssa and I have those? <laughs> I mean, I'm never going to say no to anything reality TV related. So uh, so this week we are uh, very delighted to have the charming Miranda O'Hare and her beautiful voice, which is probably obnoxious. I talk about it so much, but she's got a great Australian accent yeah, that will does. be ASMR to all of our listeners. And we uh, talk about Love Island UK. Yes, um, which at the time when we recorded this episode, something uh, really tragic happened to the host. She committed suicide. So if that is something that's difficult for you to listen to, it's towards the end of the episode. I don't want anyone to be uh, triggered while they're isolating. That's not a great combo. So um, just maybe uh, end the episode a little bit early. But just other a than that, bit early. it's a great conversation. She, Miranda made a lot of points about the system, the tabloid system in the UK that contributed to that um, death, unfortunately. And we talked about a lot of fun parts of the show, too. So it's not yeah. all about that. <laughs> it's not all about that. But it is uh, it's a show that I have heard so much about. And so I liked uh, her being kind of an expert on it. And she binges it and it is a very bingeable show. Have you uh, read anything about or seen the preview for um, Too Hot to Handle? No. What is that? Ooh, girl, Too Hot to Handle. I'm going to start it today. It is a Netflix uh, reality romance show where they put like uh, 15 really, really, really hot people on an island and they think that they're going to a Love Island ripoff. And when they show up, the only rule is that they're not allowed to touch or have sex. What? How do you yes! enforce that? <laughs> it's and they, and they have like this like talking robot in it that like catches them if they're touching. It seems a little bit like um, Love Island meets Are You the One? Because the team, the, the house has to like strategize to make sure that people aren't hooking up. Because if they do hook up, they <laughs> lose a portion of their money, which is similar to Are You the One? Okay. So Tony actually <laughs> showed me the preview for it. He was like, you've heard of this show, right? And I was like, oh, my God. And right before we recorded, I saw a headline that was like, 
thank God this show was released during quarantine. So Love Island is very bingeable. I'm going to start this uh, Too Hot to Handle and see if it's good and worth it. (laughs) Uh, Miranda is so charming and it was so kind of her to come on the pod. Not only uh, be careful with like the trigger warning, as Alyssa said, but also keep in mind that we recorded this uh, well over a month ago. So if we we talk about some events happening and at the time we say a few weeks ago and now it is a little bit farther. And of course we are we're recording in person, which we're no longer doing. She was like one of our last lovely guests that we yeah. got to interview in real life face to face. But yeah, enjoy our little Love Island dishing with Miranda. Yay. Hey, everybody. We have a very cool guest today with Probably the most beautiful voice on the pod so far. I'll Our just go ahead and say accent. it. Our first really, really beautiful accent. And it's actress uh, Miranda O'Hare. You got it, Which baby. is also such a beautiful... I haven't thought about how also gorgeous your name is. I appreciate this. Yeah. Good, good start. Uh, she's an actress. She's also co-host of Validate Me podcast, mm-hmm. which is a also great pod. Give it a listen. Um, and you're here today to talk to us about Love Island UK. I am. <laughs> I want to stop by saying that I am not from the UK. I'm from Australia. <laughs> yes. And yes. you know why this is perfect? Because I have very openly shit on British television, but I yes. just outed myself as someone who loves anything Australian. Okay. So yeah. to have an Australian person mm-hmm. talking about British television is like the perfect combo for our podcast. Yeah. But wait, why have you shat on British television? Oh. <laughs> Give me a paragraph. <laughs> I just think Spock people notes. will watch anything that's British because it's British. And I'm right. like, let's have some more standards than that, is the summary. We mm-hmm. don't need to get into it again. I've, this is like okay. the third time that I <laughs> okay. really pigeonholed myself as a British hater. Um, All right. All right. But I'm very excited to talk about Love Island UK mm-hmm. because maybe one thing that the Brits do better than us is mania over reality tv yeah right and like like, sexy reality tv it's fucking sexy but also like i lived in london for a little while and like the tabloid culture of london is really really fascinating of the uk not specifically Mm. london Mm -hmm. but it's like such a big part of their culture which is very interesting because it's there's such a class system Mm. that exists in the uk that's like very very specific Mm -hmm. like there are very much like rich people and like people you can tell by their accents where people are from you Mm. know what i mean and like their class from their accents Mm -hmm. um but everyone across the board loves reality tv and so i started watching love island like probably only six months ago and it was because i was watching so much i write horror films so i was watching horror films all the time and just like really watching the news and like all that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, I need a break from this kind of content. Yeah. I'm going to watch like the lightest thing I could possibly think of. And that was Love Island. Wow. <laughs> and what a beautiful yes. like name for to be like, if Love I'm going to do the Island. opposite of horror, horror movies yeah. and the news, I'm going to watch Love Island. Yes. That's so cool. First, I want to ask you a quick question about writing horror. Because I feel like there's not a lot of female horror writers. There aren't, yeah. That's so Awesome. Did you grow up just loving horror movies? Um, yeah, a little bit. Like I was very influenced by them. I grew up really liking slashes. Okay. So I, I remember like uh, watching Scream mm-hmm. and just being like, I just thought about it like for <laughs> like like years after. I still think about Scream. Wow. <laughs> like just how fascinating like the social politics of it were mm-hmm. and the way that it was written. And like, I don't know. I just like love it. Yeah. I love slashes and I love like 
all the stuff that was happening. I guess it was like the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Like, I know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Urban legends. And so when you're researching these topics for your writing, are you like waking up in the middle of the night, like freaked out you're going to be murdered? No, like slashes don't scare me okay. at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like have that feeling like, about it. No. Yeah, but I wrote a I wrote a feature about a cult, and oh, um, cool. I became like very very obsessed with cults, and I kind of always have been, but like I really really went down a rabbit hole. And probably all of the content that I was consuming, be it a podcast or a film or a television series, was about cults. Okay. Mm. And so that was probably the time when I was definitely having a lot of nightmares. Right. Yeah. That you would be like brainwashed by a meditation group or something. Yeah. Yeah. Especially living in Los Angeles. Like I would be more scared of cults than I am of slashers. It's a slippery slope, you guys. 100%. 100%. That's how it is out here. It's like... Well, that's how Nexus, Nexium started. Yes. Yeah. Which yes. is like super fascinating because it yeah. really, I think it like really affected actors. The acting mm-hmm. community in Vancouver was like, and you totally can get that. If you're an actor or a creative, you're like, please like help yeah. me. Yeah. And you're so susceptible to that kind of, you want that validation and you want that sense of community. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the second somebody, like I know part of Scientology is like, once you start to have career success, they tell you that it's because of your commitment to the cult. Yeah. 100%. So then it's this sick cycle of, I mean, we are always at the will of other people. Yes. And so if you feel like you have control. any control and the cult tells you that they have control, it is There's a great podcast about Nexium called Uncovered. Uh, highly, best highly podcast. recommend it. it. That is honestly probably one of the best podcasts yeah. I've ever listened to. It really takes you on this journey Uncovered. of like, yeah, yeah, it's like a seemingly normal girl who was an actor who was an aspiring aspiring actor ended up getting like sucked into this sex cult and like branding herself and she like oh talks God. about the entire process but anyway Lifetime just made that a movie by the way yes oh, uh, mm-hmm. it's really good I, I love Thank the next the heavens story. for Lifetime <laughs> um, okay so back to the cult of Love Island and reality TV <laughs> <laughs> um, really pro segue okay so break down the show because it's very different from anything we have in America because it's on every single day and like yes. so many people are watching it so many episodes right that's the thing if i will warn you if you start watching love island like this is a really really big commitment (laughs) but it is like something that you can kind of like tune out so i started watching season five of the uk version Mm -hmm. i then watched season one of the australian version and now I'm watching season six of the UK version. So I haven't gone like every season. That right. would be potentially years of my life commitment. <laughs> but basically like what happens is really, really hot people <laughs> with like the most incredible bodies you've ever seen in mm-hmm. your life. When I say hot, I mean like really Instagram hot. Yeah. Mm. So like a lot of plastic surgery, fake hair, fake tits. Real like, trendy hot. Trendy hot. Like these people aren't... Fillers. Ne- yes. They're not necessarily like your natural beauty. Right. Right. So they go and they go to a villa. Mm-hmm. And the villa has... I think it was traditionally... It was in Mallorca. But season six of the UK version, it was in South Africa, in Cape Town. Mm. They go to this villa in the middle of summer. It's aired, I believe, on television in the UK during winter, which Mm. I feel like adds to it. Right. Because the viewers, like, there's nothing more depressing than winter in the UK. Okay. Like, for real, it's fucking raining every day. It's dreary out. Like, it sucks, right? So it's like they're watching this show, all these hot people in bikinis, and it's the ultimate escapism. Yeah, that makes sense. So it starts off with, I think it starts off with, like, four or five of each I think it's four boys and four girls. The girls arrive at the villa one by one and then they 
have their intro pa- packages and explain who the girls are. Then they all stand in a line and then one by one a guy comes in mm-hmm. and they do the same thing with the guy. They have their intro packages and then the guy stands in front of the girls. And so say the first guy is Peter. Peter's standing in front of the girls and then they say, girls, step forward if you're interested in Peter. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Right? So then... <laughs> The girls have to step forward. Right. And if no one steps forward, which happens all the time. And imagine being like, your entire life is how hot you are. Like, that's your entire identity. Yeah, yeah. And then you walk into this fucking television show and you're like, I'm so hot because I got picked for this show. And now no one's stepping forward for me. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, you have, like, a fucking nervous breakdown. And you're all, like, in your bathing suits. Yeah. It's crazy. And probably in heels, too, if you're a girl. Yeah. Yeah. So the girls, the girls, I will say, do not step forward. Oh, the girls I see. don't have to do that. It's just the boys. It's just the boys. Okay, so great. the boys are standing there, very smart, and okay. they're like, and then they have to get picked by the girls. Now, if no girl steps forward for a boy, then the boy can be like, okay, I want Lisa, I want Taylor, and then the girl can say yes or no. Here's the thing: the next guy that comes in mm-hmm. could steal that guy's girl. Right? Oh, savage, yeah. savage. So, like, if you. Like, if a previous girl had stepped forward for a guy and been like, oh, yeah, I like him, and another guy comes, she can also step forward for that guy. Yes. Which wow. is like crazy. You watched it? I saw the U.S. Oh. version, and I didn't get very far um, because it's, like, a huge commitment, you know? But I did totally. see this intro part where... And also they wear... I don't know if this, this is the same uh, in the U.K. version, but they wear these crazy microphones that are, like, strapped around their bodies. I and saw they look that. so terrible. Yeah. Like, they, they have really their actual mic packs, like, velcroed their to their bikini. stomach. It's really like, weird. That's funny because they do that in the Australian version. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. great. But they don't huh. do that in the in the UK version, as far as I can tell. And there's only so you said there's how many people total? So initially there's eight. Okay. And then what? And they all pair to, up. They all pair up. Okay. They're in a couple now. Some of the couples are like. Sarah and Peter saw each other and they are like, oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm fucking into this person. And then sometimes um, they're like, like there's a couple right now at the beginning of Love Island UK, Cheyenne and Nas. And like, mm. it's very clear that he's into her and she's like, no, so it's like that, that can happen. But then what happens mm-hmm. is that they will bring maybe say two new girls in. And it fucks off the gender numbers, right? right? So then those two girls will have 24 hours to pick a guy. So they're going to steal a girl's guy. (gasps) And then the girls that are single face getting voted off the island. Oh, my God. So you have to be paired up. You have to be paired up. Like Bachelor in Paradise. Like Bachelor in Paradise, yeah. Yes, exactly like Bachelor in Paradise. So I don't know if I've explained that very well. No, but you did. No, you did a good job. The the <laughs> point is you got to stay in a couple to to stay in the villa. Okay. Yes. So I've heard a little bit about this. Like people are nuts over this show. Oh yeah. I've heard a little bit about it on other podcasts, and there seems to be some sort of godlike thing that the producers can do where they like put you on another island where your ex is or like bring in somebody to purposely fuck up your relationship like are you talking about temptation island no i don't think so well there's this thing are called you talking about temptation island <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's love island but maybe not 
Well, you could be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of hate myself. There's for so many this islands. Much. Okay, okay. Um, we might be you mixing could up be our talking islands. about Casa Moor. Now, okay, <laughs> yes, Casa yeah. Amor. This is what I think I'm talking about. Casa Casa Amor. Casa. I, I mean, like I'm Casa like, of oh, like love. House of Love. Yeah, yeah. House of Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, with my accent, that's probably deeply offensive to anyone. <laughs> we're here for it. But Casa Amor is a house that, like. I don't know when it started, but I think it might have started in the third or fourth season of the UK version where um, they contestants Mm -hmm. started going to another house where, so say the boys would go to another house where there would be a new group of girls. Mm -hmm. And then the girls would be still, say, in the villa and then a new group of guys would show up. Now, sometimes there would be some savage recoupling. Like Michael and Amber in season five were like this pretty solid fucking couple. And then he got sent to Casa Amor and like the day dot, the second he walks into that house, he sees this girl (gasps) and ends up just like fucking Amber over. Oh, So where does Amber go when he goes to this Casa She's still at the villa and new guys have come to the villa, but she's like not giving them the time of day because she's like, no, I'm I'm in a couple with a guy. So can they at the end of... Do they get to say, like, at the end of the week or whatever, like, oh, no, I still have feelings for that person? Yeah, yeah. But they're not talking to them because they're in another right, house. Right, right. So, so then they do this grand ceremony thing where, like, Amber has to walk out and say, um, oh God, I watched this months ago, but Amber walked, walks out and has to say whether or not she wants to stay coupled up or who she wants to choose. And okay. so she's like, she chose Michael and then Michael walked out and chose this other girl Oof. whose name I can't remember. Oh, and no. it is like, as it sounds like stupid. Like you think like, oh, it's a fucking reality show. Like it's not that crazy. But when you're watching it, you're like, that is the most savage shit. <laughs> someone <laughs> just fucking walk out and balls to the floor like to someone else. Like you're just like, what? Wow. And yeah. then does she have to go home after that? She actually, I don't want to fuck up the ending of season five, but she won. She actually, she won. Okay, wait, 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 we have a question. Whoa. Okay, <laughs> so everyone about mean? the Great British Bake Off and Naked Attraction, which are both British reality TV shows, right. and they don't win <laughs> jack shit. They're butt-ass naked on TV. They don't win anything. Uh-huh. So do you, is there a prize in Love Island? I think at the end, I think you get $50,000. Okay, great. Yeah, I think yeah. I read That's it was $50,000. Excellent. Now Good that job. I'm remembering. So they get $50,000. But the most insane thing about Love Island UK is that, like, literally, if you get on the show, like, you are going to get, like, a million followers on Instagram. Right. Wow. Yeah. Like, like... A hundred percent. You're wow. going to get that many followers on Instagram. Your whole life is going to change. Like it's going to be, they, they are making like millions and millions of dollars from That's being on crazy. this show. Wow. Like there was an article I was reading um, that was saying basically that more people applied for the uh, British version of Love Island in 2019 than applied for a Cambridge university. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like... That because really is the world we live in. That oh is the world we live in. Oh, my God. Because that's crazy. Those people are so smart. Love yes. Island UK not going to put you in debt. I don't know how the British college system works, but mm-hmm. if it's similar to America. That shit is yeah, definitely yeah. going to put you in debt. <laughs> and here's the thing, right? Like, and I always think this about my career. So, like, I'm an actress, and when I was younger, I got asked to do reality TV in, in Australia. And this is crazy. Mm-hmm. The reason why I started watching Love Island was because in 2018, I was asked to be on the Australian version oh, by casting wow. director. No way. 
So tell I, us everything. I I mean, it wasn't that crazy of a thing, but basically, I was at a theater show that. Wait, I'm sorry. Are there 18 year olds on this show on Love Island? Yeah. No. You said when you were 18, you got asked to be on the Australia no, version. No, just yeah. in 2018. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, why is she so interested in 18 Fresh out of high school, people are going on know, dating like, shows in Britain. Me? That's wild. Okay. Back no, no. in 2018, okay. you were asked. Okay, so, that so makes I was sense. in, I was, a couple of years ago, I was in LA. Okay. And I was at a theater show for Australians. And I met this casting director yeah. from Australia. I actually didn't know she was a casting director and I had a conversation with her and I actually thought she was hitting on my then boyfriend so I wasn't even that fucking nice to this girl. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, it was a very strange scenario. But then um, I get a message on Facebook being like, hey, Miranda, you know, this is person's name. I met you at this. I'm casting for Love Island Australia. Mm-hmm. I would want to try to get you on the show. Like I want you to... To audition, and she explained to me like how much money I would get and wow. how the whole thing was going to work, and it was season one, and wow. I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, no, like I was like, <laughs> "For so I know someone that was on The Bachelor, and so I actually had a conversation with him about it, and I was like, "What do you think? Like, is that crazy? Like, should I just go try, go do it in Australia, try to get Instagram followers, mm-hmm. and then like, you come know, back and keep yeah. acting, come back, keep yeah. acting?" And he was like, "I feel like you could totally do it." And no one would know in America. Like you would completely get away with it. And I feel like I had this conversation with Tim, with my boyfriend last night. Like, would I have done reality TV? And Mm. like I said to him, like now, obviously, no. And like a couple of years ago, I said no. But if I was, you know, 2019 right now and literally trying to come up in entertainment, like, yeah, quite honestly, doing a reality TV show is a legitimate option mm-hmm. for yeah. forging a career in this industry. Well, especially the, the point you're making too, if it was in Australia or in yeah. the UK and it was yeah. a, even just that a little disconnected from audiences here because 100%. I think then you could come and have a, such a clean slate with like the casting community and with this the audiences here, right? And people don't really ask questions about how you got your followers. They just care yeah. that you're followers. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that would get you in rooms as well. Exactly. But also just like watching the show, like I, I was like, I have anxiety. And so I'm like, I could never go, have gone on it. Like right. I truly wouldn't have survived. Like they don't have any clocks. They sleep in beds together when they're a couple. Oh my God. They don't have any clocks. They have no fucking idea what the time is. That's <laughs> And I lay down for 45 minutes without my phone and I'm freaking out about how much more time I have to be laying down at mm-hmm. acupuncture. Like yeah. I could not oh go God, anywhere get, without like, acupuncture. What was that? Acupuncture is so stressful. It's, it's, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm supposed to be like meditating or something, but mostly I'm just like, how much longer until they come back and get yeah, me? Yeah, I know. I'm like, come back and get me. I'm doing acupuncture at two o'clock. That's so funny. Every time I'm in there, I'm like, <laughs> fucking One time there was an earthquake when I was doing acupuncture and I was like, what do I do? What do I do? Oh, <laughs> my acupuncturist, she sprinted down the hallway to get me and she was like, you're fine. You're fine. We're taking the needle. Isn't that like a final destination death? <laughs> like speaking so of horror insane. movies. Like, yeah. <gasps> I never had thought about like the needle that was in my face, like stabbing my brain more oh than God. when there was an earthquake. Anyway, so that one happened. So crazy. Yeah. It's so fine. You just um, spoke to a very specific fear I have ah. about an earthquake happening while I have the needles in me. No, no. The, your person will come running for you, so don't worry about it. 
Yeah. Oh I believe Erica would. She would run down that whole thing. Um, <laughs> Erica would do it. Yeah, that gives me Shout so much anxiety. Shout out to Erica at like, acupuncture. <laughs> <laughs> not knowing. I also think my acupuncturist just went to Ojai to join a cult. So, you know. Oh, I bet. Sort of what we were oh. talking about earlier. Yeah. Honestly, if the cult was in Ojai, like, sign me up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, that would drive me insane. Like not knowing how, what time of day it is. I wrote like notes because I wanted to remember like no clocks, no phones, no music except for certain songs. And, (gasps) um, the showers are pretty much see-through. There's like this tiny little like patch where like your genitals (gasps) would kind of roughly be on your body. And so like, but they all are basically seeing each other naked. They're sharing bathrooms. Um, They are, I think they're allowed two drinks every hour, which is pretty much what The Bachelor does. I think, yeah, The Bachelor just updated it to two drinks an hour. Yeah. And Vanderpump does that too. Like they'll pay for the first two drinks and then everything else. It's funny you mention all this because I've thought about like the only reality show I have fantasies about being on is The Bachelor. And I feel like they have Same. we watch them have um we see them at their very like specific times it's not like they have cameras on in the house all the time i mean they probably do but we don't use the footage it's like the girls get a chance to gather themselves every time they go see the bachelor like mm-hmm. they have very cute outfits their hair is done they have they like, get in their gowns they're like all glammed ready to go you don't see as much of that they have like one episode where they'll go wake them up in bed and yeah. they're like, Oh my but god, my cute like pajamas. Yeah, exactly. I would but I would benefit I like I am one of those I'm like an introverted extrovert where I like really do need time to myself to like recharge yeah. my battery mm-hmm. and then like gather myself and then go out and be with the world. I would go, I would be so miserable in a fishbowl like that, where I would feel like eyes were on me all the yeah. time. I was with people all the time. Like I would not thrive in that culture Mm. and I would probably be good reality TV because I would go insane. I I would feel absolutely cuckoo nuts. I feel I would do the exact same thing and when I was watching Love Island I I definitely was like oh my god like if I had have done this like I would have gone bananas. It would not have worked for me. And that's what they want. That's why they have all those rules. It's like a casino where it's like oh you can't tell what fucking time it is because you want me to just waste all my money and not know how long I've been here. It's like same thing. They want you to go like emotionally crazy yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of which, do you want to talk about like a very dark thing that just happened with Love Island? Right. <laughs> I you were going to say in my life. No, no. Um, I don't know <laughs> anything like, that dark that <laughs> happened to you, but if you like wanted ready. to I was share like, oh my it, God. we're happy to talk uh, about it. <laughs> what are you referring um, to? So the whole, you know more about this than me, but I thought that your take on the tabloid culture and how this contributed to this incident was really interesting. Um the host of or the previous host of Love Island UK um, committed suicide very recently, right? right? Mm-hmm. And you were telling me <laughs> that she had been bullied for people like quite a bit and bullied in the tabloids up until this very sad incident. Um, and I didn't know anything about that, so I would love if you could elaborate on it. Well, basically, Caroline Flack is like a. a I don't know how her career... I'm not, like, an expert expert on her, but I just watched a bunch of stuff about it because I thought it was fascinating. But, yeah, she was, like, very, very well-known as, like, a reality TV personality. And she'd been on, like, a lot of shows. She was a host. She was a very good host. And um, she was beautiful and blonde and all those kind of things, right? And she was in her 40s. And being the host of Love Island was, like, a really big deal in the UK Mm because it's obviously an incredibly popular show. And... She had a boyfriend who was younger than her. I think he was like 27, 28 or something. And 
they had kind of like a very turbulent relationship. Mm-hmm. Something transpired between the two of them and they had this very public sort of like uh, argument and he initially said that she like assaulted him mm-hmm. and then he oh tried to take it back and then was like trying to still be with her. I don't know. It's To be honest, it sounds like they had a very toxic relationship. But whether or not that was happening, I, I can't really speak to that. I guess no one essentially can. Mm-hmm. But she was getting, she got taken off um, hosting Love Island in season six. And one of her best friends, whose name I cannot remember, was hosting the show kind of as like, I'm holding your position for you. You're going to come back for the next season. Mm-hmm. But she suddenly was just getting the most insane level of hate on social media because like first of all the co- the tabloid culture in Britain is like insane like they really come for their stars like they're constantly commenting on the weight of women mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, like America is not as America is much better about this than that's crazy to me yeah that's hard to imagine but then I also think of like Princess Diana and yeah like, and like yeah. Meghan Markle and yeah like, I mean they're straight up just like being com- so racist that they made Prince, oh God, I, Harry, mm-hmm. <laughs> I looked for approval, uh, be like, I'm not going to let my wife also be destroyed by the system that killed my mom, you know? Yeah. Like, it's oh. so dark. I mean, they, oh. they literally gave up their titles and left, you know? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think I saw it a lot in Australia as well. Like, I definitely saw a tabloid culture in Australia of it being really savage and them tearing down women and it's funny because the day-to-day of living in London or the day-to-day of living in Australia is not that it's Mm -hmm. very regular people very normal people not a lot of plastic surgery etc etc but then it seems like they have this special set of rules um, for people that try to put themselves out there and I think that ultimately comes from a place of jealousy Mm -hmm. insecurity I mean we you know everyone talks about that with online trolls but this kind of went to another level and Perhaps her mental health was already a little shaky and she certainly had spoken about having depression and they were aware of the fact that she was like um, in danger of hurting herself because I believe like on the Friday night the police came to check that she was okay oh. and she said, yes, no, I'm totally That's fine. That's so devastating. Got them to leave and then I think she committed suicide the next day or on the Sunday she was found yeah. by her assistant I think and like... But the craziest part about it, I mean, when she committed suicide, I was really upset because I there was a, a host in Australia who was a host of a reality TV show. Her name was Charlotte Dawson. Mm-hmm. She was the fucking Australian version of this woman. It's bananas how closely they are to each other, like same age, both incredibly beautiful, blonde, like that kind of like vibe, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she killed herself as well. Oof. And I feel like oh it's just God. speaking to this like very specific culture of like bullying celebrities and like thinking that they're not human beings yeah. and wanting to tear people down. And like, it's just very, very interesting. And I think certainly in Britain, like they had a lot of people come out and speak on like morning shows and stuff about what, what had happened with Caroline. And like people were getting like incredibly emotional, like yeah. people that were like very together reality TV stars or hosts, like coming out and being like, I've considered killing myself before we need to have a global conversation about suicide. And it was a very like, it was very tense in Britain for a few days for sure. Do you feel like that 
changed anything or calmed the coverage of these people down at all or not not yet? I mean, it's like the chicken or the egg thing because it's like the media is to blame for a lot of this, but then, you know, they're doing it based on the demand of, like, consumers. Like, right. people want to read these articles. So it's like what comes first, who's responsible. Yeah. Right. It makes me think, too, that in that position that, I mean, you're talking about Caroline was dealing with this very public breakup, it seems, and that there's obviously going to be people who were giving her all of this hate because they were on his side or whatever and calling her horrible things. But I imagine also even just the people who were not even against her necessarily or picking a side, but they want the story. She's just like constantly dealing with the barrage of that attention. So it's Mm -hmm. like, it's not even just the bullying and like the negative attention, the awful comments. It's just the constant people knocking down your door and get and getting those messages and having those people follow you like yeah I think like just the attention period yeah even mm. if it's like obviously the bad attention is awful and would really eat at your soul but to not ever feel like you could take a break from it at all yeah, even like, the good like even the good press would be if you're fragile and, and you want to be left alone, it sounds like these people can't be left alone at all. If you go to no. the grocery store or if you're like in a waiting room and there's a TV show on or whatever, just having constant coverage of that, it's just too much. I mean, yeah. it's not. And and then on top of that, to have people, I'm sure, like in her DMs or whatever it is, just telling her that she's like worthless and Oh, yeah. Awful, there are people you know? who are telling them to kill themselves. Yeah. Like oh, that's, yeah. I'm sure it, it, her inbox was full of it. It's, it's so fucked up. 100%. And you know, as well, it's, there's such a, like, I think when you're in that position, like, you're just like, you think everyone really does hate you. And Mm -hmm. you really do think it's what everyone is talking about. Because like, obviously, like hearing that, like when we think someone took their lives, their life for something so honestly trivial, like an argument with a boyfriend, we don't really know what happened. Like, ultimately, it probably could have just passed in a couple of months. No one would have really remembered. Mm -hmm. She would have gone back on Love Island whatever but it's like in that moment like it was it was her whole life and she thought I'm never gonna get over this yeah things are always gonna be that bad and someone said on the morning show something that I thought was really interesting she was saying how like people I think it was a mental health expert the people think suicide is something that people think about over like a really long period of time and plan it out and whilst that can be the case it can also be the case that someone goes fuck this and kills themselves wow. yeah. very very suddenly that's really sad well i will say that we while we do make light of silly things on this podcast we are not pro bullying and no. harassing people and yeah, we're not no. trying to harass anyone that we are making jokes about yeah. so and i think it's like a really good conversation to have because when I read that headline, you know, here in America, I was like, wow, that's really sad that she was dealing with a mental health issue. And then not until I talked to you, were you like, no, there's like a whole system that came together to probably push her over the edge. And I was like, I, I never considered that. That's something that we should yeah. really talk about. So yeah. I'm glad we had this very tough mm-hmm. conversation on this podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's try to let, end on a, a lighter let's note. Let's end on that. a positive <laughs> yes. I do have do one it. last, and it is positive, um, thing to say on the topic, which is that I I read that the Love Island producers are now um, letting the contestants access therapy after they're done shooting. That's good. Mm. So post the show, it's not like these people are then just completely left without any resources. Like hopefully the the producers are doing, uh, you know, what they can to make people feel supported. Well, there's a contestant on season five that had like a little bit of a nervous breakdown because the guy she was dating, Curtis 
broke up with her and wanted to be with someone else. Mm. And she just got very, very upset. Her name's Amy. She seems like she's okay now. But she actually talked about when she was in the house how great uh, the psychologists were. Oh, good. Oh, and that they good. call her and check on her now all the time. Good. I like that. Uh, so and I hopefully do think they're the allowed to have like there. a Xanax or a Lexapro or something. Yeah. Honestly. They're not allowed to have clocks. No but clocks. you can have a Xanax <laughs> and a psychiatrist. They can have a Valium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you tell us a little bit about Validate Me and then anything else you want to plug to our listeners? Well, I have a podcast called Validate Me with one of my best friends, Madeline Byrne. She's an influencer. And we, our producer, Michael Benatar, is also on it. We've been doing it for like a year and a half now. And it's um, just about like our lives uh, in the entertainment industry, LA, culture. We talk about reality TV. We talk about diets, exercise, like just some really LA shit. Yeah. 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 We all need so that, you have know. have a listen. Um, yeah, that's it. Very That's cool. awesome. Thank you so much for coming and Thank hanging with us. Thank you for having us. me. That was so fun. <laughs> this was great. <laughs>